Hello, good to be with you on the Bible Podcast. Today is June 10th. We're reading through the book of Esther. Today we'll cover chapters 6 through 8. Let's get right to it. And I just have to comment, chapter 6 and 7 are so gratifying. I just love uh, King Xerxes and his setup in chapter 6, and then the joy of reading chapters 7 and 8. They're just really three great chapters. Let's go ahead and get right to it. Esther chapter 6. That night, the king had trouble sleeping, so he ordered an attendant to bring the book of Chronicles, or history, of his reign, so it could be read to him. In those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Xerxes. What reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? The king asked. His attendants replied, Nothing has been done for him. Who is that in the outer court? The king inquired, and as it happened, Haman had just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the 75-foot pole he had prepared. So the attendants replied to the king, Haman is out there in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. So Haman came in, and the king said, What should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Haman thought to himself, Well, whom would the king wish to honor more than me? So he replied, If the king wishes to honor someone, he should bring out one of the king's own royal robes, as well as a horse the king himself has ridden, one with the royal emblem on its head. Let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials, and let him see that the man whom the king wishes to honor is dressed in the king's robes and led throughout the city square on the king's horse, and have the official shout as they go. This is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Excellent, the king said to Haman. Quick, take the robes and my horse, and do exactly as you've said for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the gate of the palace. Leave out nothing you have suggested. So Haman took the robes and put them on Mordecai, placed him on the king's own horse, and led him through the city square, shouting, This is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the palace gate, but Haman hurried home, dejected and completely humiliated. When Haman told his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends what had happened, his wise advisors and his wife said, Since Mordecai, this man who has humiliated you is of Jewish birth, you will never succeed in your plans against him. It will be fatal to continue opposing him. While they were still talking, the king's eunuchs arrived and quickly took Haman to the banquet Esther had prepared. Chapter 7 So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. On this second occasion, while they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, Tell me what you want, Queen Esther. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I could remain quiet, for that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. Who would do such a thing, King Xerxes demanded? Who would be so presumptuous 
asked to touch you. Esther replied, This wicked Haman is our adversary and our enemy. Haman grew pale with fright before the king and queen. Then the king jumped to his feet in a rage and went out into the palace garden. Haman, however, stayed behind to plead for his life with Queen Esther, for he knew that the king intended to kill him. In despair, he fell on the couch where Queen Esther was reclining, just as the king was returning from the palace garden. The king exclaimed, Will he even assault the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes? As soon as the king spoke, his attendants covered Haman's face, signaling his doom. Then Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, Haman has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard. He has intended to use it to impale Mordecai, the man who saved the king from assassination. Then impale Haman on it, the king ordered. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. Chapter 8 On that same day, King Xerxes gave the property of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. Then Mordecai was brought before the king, for Esther had told the king how they were related. The king took off his signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai to be in charge of Haman's property. Then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet and begging him with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Haman the Agagite against the Jews. Again, the king held out the gold scepter to Esther, so she rose and stood before him. Esther said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, and if he thinks it is right, and if I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverses the orders of Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, who ordered that Jews throughout all the king's provinces should be destroyed. For how can I endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed? Then King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, I have given Esther the property of Haman, and he has been impaled on a pole because he tried to destroy the Jews. Now go ahead and send a message to the Jews in the king's name, telling them whatever you want, and seal it with the king's signet ring. But remember that whatever has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked. So on June 25th, the king's secretaries were summoned, and a decree was written exactly as Mordecai dictated. It was sent to the Jews and to the highest officers, the governors and the nobles of all the 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. The decree was written in the scripts and languages of all the peoples of the empire, including that of the Jews. The decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. Mordecai sent the dispatches by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives, and to take the property of their enemies. The day chosen for this event throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes was March 7th of the next year. A copy of this decree was to be issued as law in every province and proclaimed to all the people so that the Jews would be ready to take revenge on their enemies on the appointed day. So, urged on by the king's command, 
The messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses, bred for the king's service. The same decree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then Mordecai left the king's presence wearing the royal robe of blue and white, the great crown of gold, and an outer cloak of fine linen and purple. And the people of Susa celebrated the new decree. The Jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere. In every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, the Jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday. And many of the peoples of the land became Jews themselves, for they feared what the Jews might do to them. Hey, now that's pretty good. Just as the city of Susa had been in great confusion after Haman's original decree, now there was great rejoicing by all. They understood the injustice of the original decree and the justice of the new one. Some days are life-changing. On June 10, 1935, in Akron, Ohio, Dr. Robert Smith completed his first day of permanent sobriety. Dr. Bob and William G. Wilson founded Alcoholics Anonymous on that day. AA is now a worldwide organization of men and women who help each other to solve their common problem of alcoholism. They also offer to share their recovery experiences with others who have a drinking problem and want to do something about it. There are about 85,000 local groups in the United States, Canada, and 130 other countries concerned only with the personal recovery and continued sobriety of individual alcoholics. Xerxes had a day that changed his life also. Xerxes was the Persian king who reigned from 486 to 464 BC, known in the book of Esther as Ahasuerus. He was the son of Darius the Great and grandson of Cyrus the Great. He campaigned militarily against the Greeks, avenging the loss at Marathon in 490. However, his armada suffered a crippling defeat in the Bay of Salamis in 480, and he soon lost interest in attempting to defeat the Greeks. The day that changed his life was really a night when he couldn't sleep. He had the court records read to him and, in them, learned of Mordecai's loyalty. That knowledge would forever change his thinking. Looking out, sometimes sleepless nights are divinely orchestrated. King Xerxes had a bad case of insomnia. In an effort to sleep, he had the boring chronicles read and found a surprise. God brings our good deeds to light at just the right time. Sometime before, Mordecai had saved the life of the king but had received no compensation. Now it was God's time. Coincidences are not always coincidences. Haman just happened to appear before the king when Xerxes was pondering how he would reward Mordecai's faithfulness. Pride blinds us to reality. Haman was so caught up with himself that he thought, Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? It was a foolish thought. In love, God tries to reach even the most despicable and hard-hearted sinner. Haman was filled with hate, but God staged this great humiliation to bring him to his senses. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to take advantage of any sleepless nights by asking you to communicate with me. Help me to remember that perhaps some of my sleepless nights are God-ordained. All right, saints, that wraps up six through eight. Uh, happy to be with you tomorrow as we continue through the book of Esther. 
and we'll cover chapters 9 and 10.